Welcome to the tip-off from The Sportsman. This week we preview the FA Cup semi-finals and we go snooker loopy as journalist Gary Moss joins us to preview the upcoming World Championship and there's also time for our perfect 10 predictions. Hello, I'm Chris Knight and I'm joined by Sean Raymond. Hello, Sean. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. Plenty to talk about this week. There Two is big matches at Wembley. There is, and I think we'll go get straight into it this week because uh, there is plenty to talk about, as you say. And so if we start with the, the first of the FA Cup semi-finals on Saturday evening, it's at quarter past five at Wembley Stadium. So it's a home game of sorts as Tottenham take on Manchester United. Now Spurs are six to five favourites to win this one. 23 to 10, uh, the draw and the same about a Man United win. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, Spurs did beat Man United at home, home in inverted commas, obviously still, 2-0 in the league in January. Do you see a, a similar outcome here? Let's get the important question out of the way first. Let's not, you know, let's let's get it down. Should should this match be being played at Wembley? No, it's, I, I miss, I pine for the old days. Hillsborough and Villa Park. Villa Park, yes. Yeah. One at Hillsborough, one at Villa Park. You, you, some some great memories. Great memories, yeah. And also um, it was a bit special, wasn't it? And obviously Tottenham. I know what the, people the, are going to say, but the point, the, the home point, advantage here. The point of going to Wembley was for a cup final, not for for reaching the last four, was it? And it's, uh, it's not the pinnacle anymore, unfortunately, is it? It's, and add to that the fact that Tottenham have played every game there this season. Yes. So, <laughs> so I mean, I know the FA want to pay pay for Wembley, but yeah, no. Of the two semi-finals, this is certainly the, the more attractive one. Yeah, and it's effectively keeping their seasons alive, isn't it? Really, I mean, United nailed on for the top four now. Uh, Tottenham pretty much likewise, despite that draw with Brighton in midweek. And you, you get the impression that uh, Maurizio Pochettino needs a, needs a trophy to show for all of the progress he's made as. as and with Spurs yeah. well that's certainly been the narrative hasn't it over the last couple of years with Tottenham that they need to win a trophy they haven't won a trophy since 2008 now, and I'd agree with that to be honest I do think they need a trophy I think I mean, we all remember last season when they came into this exact match against Chelsea They were the, Chelsea were obviously going to win the league but Tottenham were the better team at that time and everyone, I think, thought this is the moment for Tottenham mm. to grab it by the scruff of the neck and they really produced a bit of a limp performance and, and I think... I think they're the better team of the two, given the way anyone that watched Man United play against West Brom last weekend would agree with that. There seems to be a a common theme of Tottenham falling apart in the big games as well. Yeah, well, they they beat Real Madrid in the Champions League, which was a big one, but they fell short against Juventus under pressure, didn't they? But that's when the the result against Real Madrid was when the expectation was low, whereas against Juventus, perhaps there there was a bit more expectation on them because, let's be honest, they were... They're quite a limited Juventus team, aren't they? Well, they're not certainly not the team they were. Now, it's interesting with this. If, if we're going to talk home and away stats, if we're going to say that Tottenham are at home in inverted commas, mm. the last seven meetings between Man United and Tottenham all won by the home team. Right, OK. Man United have not beaten Spurs away from Old Trafford since March 2012, which is a few years now. We're, you know, we're talking over six years, aren't we? So that's interesting. And only one of the last eight meetings has been both teams to score. It's been a relatively low-scoring yeah. clash. Um, and only three of those eight matches have been over 2.5 goals. So we don't tend to see too much entertainment. And with, with the Jose Mourinho <laughs> team here... I going to say we're going full Mourinho on this game. I think so. It, yeah. Well, this is it. And obviously, we've had the midweek fixtures this week. We're, we're recording this before Man United play at Bournemouth on Wednesday mm. night. Tottenham went to Brighton on Tuesday, made a number of changes, picked up a draw, which they, who, who, who cares? Because they're top four. No one cared. I don't think anyone even knew that match was happening, to be honest. Um, there's a lot of those games going on. At I tell you one man who did know that game was happening. Harry Kane. Is he, uh, he, he loves the goal. Continues his pursuit of that Golden Boot Award. Uh, he's only scored one in eight against United. Yeah, which goal. is... He's seven to two to score first, which um, I don't know, not a particular attractive. Well, if he can claim a goal, he will. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> if, you're, if you've got seven to two on your side, then you've always know that there's a little bit of a chance he might claim one that didn't touch him. Um, but having said that, he, he obviously felt he did touch it, so fair enough. Um, yeah. But yeah, no goals. You'd be I, my my thought here, as we always say, Mourinho in a big game, recent history. This is massive for both. Because if Man United win the FA Cup and finish second, we know what Mourinho is going to be like. He's going to be unbearable. Yeah. He's going to be... But if they if they fall up short in the FA Cup and given the style of football they've played, he's going to get criticised. So I, I'm expecting a tight game. I think that, that probably is... That, that train of thought is boosted by the fact United are yet to concede a goal in the FA Cup this season. Um, but, but Mourinho doesn't have a great record in the FA Cup. He's only won it once. In 2007 with Chelsea, he's won four League Cups. But he's more of a League Cup, Cup man. Yeah, he's, he, he, prefers his, he prefers his Cups of the League variety. Which, which is interesting. Uh, Romelu Lukaku, he is a big fan of the FA Cup. He scored in every game in this season's competition and it, it enhances a stunning overall record in the FA Cup. 12 goals in his last 11 games, averages a goal every 75 minutes. But there is a caveat to this because he's only scored one in 10 against Tottenham. Okay. So he's seven to one to score first. So again, an interesting bet, but he does tend to disappear in the big games, doesn't I, he? So all, all three results are possible here. I, I'm on two minds about Mar- we we all we, we give Mourinho a bit of stick like everyone mm. does, but on the other hand, I have got this niggling thing in the back of my mind where deep down he knows they can't no he can't compete with Man City, and the best he can do you know to finish second and win a cup. Is is basically the best he can do, and if he's mm. if that's the best he can do, he'll find a way by hook or crook to achieve it. It won't be pretty. We won't enjoy watching it. There'll be a lot of um, paddies and post-match paddy interviews and press conferences. But he'll throw all of his toys out the pram. But you wouldn't be surprised if the, after all of that, falling out with Paul Pogba, wanting to get rid of Anthony Martial, who's probably their best young player. Who you wouldn't be surprised, would you, if the end of no. the season finished second with the FA Cup? Because he does tend to find a way. I... But I I hope for football's sake, that Pochettino and Tottenham can grab this one by the scruff of the neck. I've said that a number of times. I backed them to beat Man City last week and they completely fell apart. Man City just, Man City won that very, very comfortably last weekend. I fear that this is going to be a full Mourinho job and I can see this, as you say, being low scoring. I can see it going the distance. I've, I like the look of Man United to win in extra time, 11-1. to 1. Man United to win on penalties, 10-1. to 1. Um, And I've... I've I'd go for one of those bets to be honest. I just I think it's a game as you say it could go either way. So I think it's worth having a punt on a on a slightly bigger price for a, for a game like this. Yeah, and 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 the one man who isn't informed for Tottenham is your favourite player Hugo Lloris. He's not he's, he's a shadow of the man he used mm. to be. He's been flying out of his goal, parrying the ball in front of him. So if it does get a penalties, you wouldn't you'd fancy De Gea over him mm. in a contest. Yeah, uh, for me I agree with you. I think it'd be relatively tight. I I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if anything happens here in terms of the actual outright win. As I said before, only one of the last eight matches have been both teams to score. So I'm going to back against both teams scoring in 90 minutes. So both teams to score, no, at 23 to 20. As a firm no. So we are ever the optimist for this game, aren't we? I'm, I'm looking forward to a four-all four draw. Sunday, three o'clock, Chelsea against Southampton. Um, I don't imagine many people will be watching this. It's not the, it's not it's not a particularly attractive game, is it? No, it's their second meeting in the space of eight days. Obviously, um, after Olivier Giroud inspired the three-two comeback win in the league last weekend, it leaves Southampton in all sorts of bother. Um, and Giroud, is he finally looking at home in a Chelsea shirt? Do you think? Well, he made all the difference last weekend, and we and we know what Giroud is. He's not world class, but he's a very good Premier League striker. That if you play to his strengths, he'll produce the goods. Uh, like you say, he made the difference last weekend, scoring those two goals. 
I wonder now well, if, if Conte will start him at the weekend. Um, if you do fancy that, then Giroud is 11-10 to 10 to score any time against Southampton. 7-2 to two to score first. And to be honest, what, as you've mentioned, that that's, this is going to be my best bet for the game, so I'll get that in early. Um, he scored 14 in 25 FA Cup appearances, very decent record. Seven in his last nine against Saints as well. So I think the 11-10 to 10 to score any time is a, odds against, against yeah. this Southampton side is, uh, is a decent bet. Cause, and Chelsea have won their last five in a row against Southampton and they've scored at least two goals in each. And as you say, if Giroud starts, then uh, I think that, that could be a very decent bet. Yeah, no, my only slight doubt with that is whether or not Conte will start him. Um, you, you would assume he will. I don't, I don't care if he doesn't. He's going to come off, the, he's bench gonna come off the bench again. And, uh, What's an issue here? Carnage. Chelsea are playing Thursday night, which is borderline a joke. Yeah, because it just isn't. I mean, that I mean, it's not cricket, is it, to, no. to make them play Thursday night? It's football, and um, they're going to rest a lot of players, you'd assume, but it's still pretty close. Yeah. Um. So it'd be interesting to see what Conte does there. We know Conte's leaving at the end of a season. He'll be desperate, I think, to to win the FA Cup and just leave. I've won a Premier League and an FA Cup. I'm off. Thanks very much, <laughs> lads. Um. They've Chelsea been... unbeaten in ten against Southampton. Yeah. Winning, winning eight and drawing two. Southampton maybe could do a Wigan here, win the FA Cup and get relegated. I was going to ask you that. They um they last won the FA Cup. Back Back in 1976, Southampton, and it's their first semi-final since '86. Yeah. So it's uh, they've had a, they've had a good run in the cup. They've beaten Fulham, Watford, West Brom, and Wigan. Um, but they are in all sorts of bother. And Chelsea have a very good pedigree in the FA Cup. They've won it four times in the previous 11 years. Finished runner-up, uh, surprisingly, last year. Um, so where, where would your money be going for a game like Well, this? a couple of interesting things. Uh, Eden Hazard could be the key man here. He scored four goals against Southampton in his career, including at least one goal in three of the last four meetings. We know he's a catalyst, so if you fancy him to score against the Saints uh, at any time, he's around about five to four, and you can get all the betting there on the sportsman.com. I think Chelsea are going to win this quite comfortably. I think they broke Southampton last week. Um, I think they'll they'll be relatively comfortable. Southampton just can't. They just don't win football games at the moment. They've only won five games all season in the Premier League. They've lost their last four on the trot. Mark Hughes has made no difference whatsoever. Who who knew? <laughs> who knew? Um, I, did, I didn't see that. Coming. No, I did not see that coming. Because yeah. he's done really well recently, Mark Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that that so <laughs> so Southampton fans are obviously on a bit of a low. Having said that, this will be their big day out, and they're going to cheer on their team. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go against Giroud. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Eden Hazard to score any time. Oh, okay, well, at five if, to four. If Giroud and uh, Hazard both score, then uh, we're both, both in the money. Both but I yeah. hope Hazard does Excellent. and Giroud doesn't. We'll leave the football there and go snooker loopy, as oh. I said before. As we're joined by a sportsman snooker scribe Gary Moss, he knows his uh, he knows his stuff. He knows his balls. And uh, I gave him a call earlier in the week to discuss the upcoming uh, action at the Crucible. Hey Gary, it's Chris. Hi Chris, hi mate. Oh, how are you? You well? Yeah, doing well. Yeah, doing well. Um, obviously, looking forward to the uh, the World Championships. Uh, obviously, the main action gets underway on uh, Saturday at the Crucible in Sheffield, and uh, Ronnie O'Sullivan is a nine to four favourite as we speak. Uh, he's been bidding to win the, win the tournament for a sixth time. Uh, he's he's won five ranking events already this year. Just how how good has he been so far? He's, he's, he's been excellent. There's, he's been, there's been moments this season when he's probably been at his very best, yes. um, which for a player that's you know, 42 has been um, you know very impressive. Uh, but I think what's been more impressive um, than just his moments of real brilliance is his, his consistency um, in terms of uh, he's been very focused all season long. Um, 
have turned up to uh, a great deal more tournaments than he has in in in, in, in quite a few. Yeah. Um, and his ability to to be so consistent, I suppose, has, has led to his you know his record haul of five titles. So. Mm. He, he, he goes in as a rightful favourite, I'd say. And what, what's the reason for him taking part in more tournaments this year? Is he is he sort of fallen back in love with the sport, or is he just a, a realisation that I guess, I guess he's getting on in years? Yeah, I think um, I don't think he'd ever admit it, but I think he's um, he's got his eyes on the record books now. Oh, um, okay. he's, he, he's he's closing in on um, on a thousand centuries, um, which is something that he, he openly admits he's. Um, uh, he's, he's keen to achieve as quickly as possible. Uh, he's well into the 900s now. Um, and although he he claims regularly in the press not to be um, interested in the records, he, he, he must have an eye on uh, on Stephen Hendry's records. He's just three ranking titles behind him yeah, now. Obviously, yeah. started the season eight behind. Um, he's now now just three behind, and he's he, he's level on majors with Hendry now on 18 um, and two behind him in the world. So I think he. Yeah, he's he's not one to want to put too much pressure on himself. I, I think deep down, he um he wants to go out as the greatest ever on on, on stats as well as ability. I think. Yes, yeah, and he's obviously won uh, five world titles. A sixth uh, this year would take him level with uh, Steve Davis and Ray Reard, and as and as you mentioned, uh, to within one of Stephen Hendry, Hendry's seven world titles. But it's been four years since he last won uh, the title at the Crucible, and he's not reached the yeah. final since t- two thousand and fourteen, which which surprised me. Yeah, he's. Um, I, I think he's. Um... He obviously got to the final in 2014, um, and at that point he'd, he'd won it in, in 2012 and 2013. He won, 2012 was probably his best ever performance at the World Championship. He was okay. he, 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 he really stormed to the title. Um, and then the next season, 2013, he, he didn't play in any event all season. He may, he may have played just one other competitive match, and he turned up in the Crucible and, 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 and won it defending champion, which even for a player as good as him was um, quite a remarkable achievement and then in 14 he played a little bit more um, he obviously got to the final um, you know was really on a run um, and lost to, lost to Mark Selby I, I, I genuinely think he did a few battle scars from that match right, because okay. he, he he led um, he led overnight um, on the Sunday going into the Monday and then and then it, Selby really sort of took control in the second half of the match and beat him and I at that point, he was obviously uh, late 30s or sort of 38, and, and the consensus was then, and he's, he's, he's maybe proving it wrong a little bit now, was that if he was going to ever get to Henry 7, he probably needed to win that one. Because right, I don't yeah, think at the yeah. time, at the time, people probably didn't think that four years later he'd still be uh, right up at the, at the top of the sport. So I think there's been a few battle scars from that, and he's the last three years that he's been there, he's, he's lost as, as soon as he's sort of found himself in a real in a real battle he sort of got through the first couple of rounds or first round yes yeah. and then as soon as he's, he's, he's hit someone who's in really excellent form he's, he's, he's almost looked not a little bit a little bit rusty I know that sounds strange okay. um, but he's he, I do think that he's, he's defeat to Selby has been maybe knocked his his, his love for playing at the Crucible um, okay. but, but but given how how well he's been playing this season he's probably um He's probably better equipped than he has been since 14, so it feels like it could be different for him this year. Yeah, and he's currently nine to four with the bookies, around about two to one. Is there anything in in the because he's in the bottom half of the draw? Is there anything in the draw there in terms of the seeded players? Because we're still waiting to hear 
um, who the qualifiers are going to be. Um, is there anyone in that bottom half of the draw that, that should worry him? Um, there's obviously Ding Junhui, uh, currently 14 to 1. He's arguably one of the best players never to win a world championship. Yeah, I mean, Ding, is, um, Ding knocked him out last year in the quarters. Um, so so he's obviously a danger. And if, he's, if the seeds go to, uh, you know, to how they should, they're yeah. due to meet in the semi-final. Big, that could be a big match, but even in his own quarter, um, if he gets through the qualifier and, and Ali Carter does, you sort of back in to beat Ali in the in the last sixteen. But he's yeah. got a quarter final against either Mark Williams or Neil Robertson. So, so there, there's no there's no gimmies there. You know, no, Williams yeah. has had a great season. Yeah. Um, Robertson's coming back to form. Um, so yeah, so he's, he, there's there are some tough people in, in half of the draw. But um, With Williams. Williams must have enjoyed quite a year because I see he's about twenty to one for the tournament this year, and it, it, it took me by surprise. He's obviously been quite quite resurgent uh, during two thousand and eighteen. He has been, yeah. He's won um, he's won a couple of titles himself. He's actually uh, well last year he didn't play at the World Championship. He wasn't at the um, he wasn't in the top sixteen last year. Right. He um, he lost in he lost in the qualifiers. Um, so he's he's come back from then and won two titles. He's now comfortably in the top sixteen and. Um, you know, has, has played really well this year. I think I think he's resurgent. He's down to um, uh, there's a he's, he's taken up a new method of coaching called sight right technique, which is oh, um, okay. there's a coach there's a co- there's a coach in the game that um, uh, teaches a number of the players in terms of maybe when they're a bit older in their career in terms of um, realigning and going back to basics with their with their sight and their technique. Um, and it gets mixed reviews in the game, but um, but Williams has been raving about it this year really and so you know saying how, how well it's helped yeah, so, it's obviously that, working. That's yeah. yeah it's had a factor yeah, yeah. fantastic and uh, the, the only other one that the player I thought might be worth mentioning is Barry Hawkins he's about 22 to 1 uh, he's reached both the final of both the Welsh and China Opens um, and he, he's got a decent record at the Crucible as well he has yeah he's, um, he's probably among the top 16 probably the most sort of underrated player because he's got a really good record at the Crucible. I think he's reached the semis in at least the semis in, in four of the last five. So yeah. he's very consistent there. Um, and although he's had a fairly poor season, as you rightly point out, he's reached a couple of finals recently and, and, and sort of got his got his game back together. So he's yeah, naturally a player that you think could um, could, could do well. And and he he's due to, to meet potentially Marco Fu in the last 16 he's been right. he's been out injured for um for, for, for quite a while um, he's had some had, had some troubles um so he's coming back for the crucible but you can't be too sure sort of how well informed he's going to be so on paper if he gets a, a decent first round draw he, he could look like he could get to the quarterfinals fairly comfortably before he has to play Ding so yeah he's he's um probably worth a shout at 22 to 1 given okay. his record there Fantastic. And now in the opposite half of the draw, it's uh, Mark Selby, who obviously you mentioned earlier. He can be backed at four to one. Now he's got he's got a fantastic record at, at Sheffield, hasn't he? He's uh, three world titles in the last four years. He heads here as the two-time defending champion, and he's wa- warmed up by uh, winning the China Open. Um, does four to one look quite a big price when you when you consider those sort of stats? It does, yeah, and he's come. Obviously, since he's won in China, he's he's, he's, he's really shortened. I think I think O'Sullivan was probably more of a favourite. Um, yes, yeah. Um, before Selby's win in China, um, yeah, he's, 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 it's a strange one. I mean, by his own high standard, he's he's not had the best season, but he sort of comes now to the World Championship. He's won. He has won two titles this season, both in both in China. Um, he's 
you know, he, he won the last tournament as he did last year. He won the China Open and the World uh, Championship last year, yeah, back to yeah. back at the end of the season. So he just, he, I suppose, even though he hasn't been his best very regularly this season, he's he, he sort of always seems to come to form at the right time. Um, and, and once you once once he gets to the crucible and, and the matches are the, the long format, he seems to really relish that um, that prospect. Um, so it's one of those. You know, if he's good, if he's going to be beaten, it it might well be in the first round because that's, yeah. that's two sessions. Yes, After yeah. that, you get to three sessions, and the longer the matches go, the the, the less shocks you should get because over a longer format, usually the the best players will come through. So, yeah. if he gets an unfortunate draw in in the qualifiers, and if, you know, if you get someone like I don't know uh, a Graham Dot or a you know, Jack Kaczowski who looks like he's been turned really well or even, even Ryan Day who's, who's, who's down for the qualifiers at the moment you, you think he might be vulnerable early rather, right. than, rather than later he'll, he'll probably grow into it well, and, and talking to players who have been vulnerable early Judd, Judd Trump he's um, he's got he's endured a couple of early exits from the Crucible in recent years now he's a, a beaten finalist as a qualifier back in 2011 does he perhaps even though he's 8-1 to one, does he perhaps go in with a, a little bit less pressure on him uh, waiting of expectation this year because of his his recent struggles at the tournament. Yeah, I think he was um, he was favourite last year, or at least joint favourite for the tournament last right. year, an excellent season. Um, and he was he wasn't shy in sort of picking up his chances last year. He <laughs> yeah. was um, yeah, he was saying things along the lines of you know I'm playing I'm playing the best snooker in the world at the moment. I, I, I'm favourite and I deserve to be. And uh, you know I, I, I like to be favourite and all that kind of stuff, saying all the, all the right sort of things. And then he yeah. lost he lost in the first round to Rory McLeod, which was a uh, really quite a big shock um, yes, yeah. and obviously he's had a few he's had a few defeats this season where people have maybe and maybe unfairly sort of called into question his um, uh, you know what he's got between the ears in terms of his, his, his mental side of the game and, and, and whether he's, he's got that to do it because he's obviously definitely got the talent so there's, there's probably a li- you're probably right there's probably a little less pressure on him this yeah. year but as soon as he as he wins maybe the first and then the second round but the pressure will soon come back on because he's, he's such a popular player I think uh, if he gets a couple of wins under his belt he'll soon be being talked up against you know and there's uh, Sean he, he, won't, he won't go he won't go under the radar forever no no <laughs> I don't think he'll allow that either will he no exactly yes uh, uh, Sean Murphy uh, 25 to 1 he's reached a couple of finals since winning the Worlds in 2005 Mark Allen uh, 28 to 1 um, po- possibly some, a couple of dark horses there that uh, you could sneak in yeah I mean Mark Mark Allen he was quite, quite fortunate to, to get there as a seed he's the 16th seed he was um uh, dangerous slipping out the 16 and, and had a run at the China Open which sort of um, secured his spot mm-hmm. um, he's the you know defending master champion as well um, so he comes with a, a good pedigree he's won, he's won a big title this season and he's a, he, he likes a big occasion um, and he's, he's definitely not scared of anyone on the table so were he to face Shelby in the second round which I think he's, he's due to um, I don't think that would bother him too much I think he would take him on so he's a uh, he, he, he's a regular that everyone sort of labels as a dark horse because he, 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 he's, he's got everything really. He's got so much bottle as well as ability. Um, so yeah, he, he, he could well be one. Um, and then obviously Murphy that you mentioned um, hasn't won it since 05. Um, he's had a strange season really. He's, um, he won the champion of champions, actually beat, beat Ronnie in the final of that. Um, and he's, but, but in terms of ranking events, I think he's been in four finals and lost all four. So he's, He's had a very good season, very consistent, and at times played some great stuff, but hasn't really 
delivered the silverware no. in terms of ranking events this year. So there might be a slight question mark over over okay. him in terms of that. But um, no, great, another great player, and there, there are so many in the sixteen. Really, and and uh, I think if we we finish off with uh, speaking of another great player, John Higgins at twelve to one, um, and he's one that, that certainly interested me. He was beaten by Selby in the final last year. He's won the world championship four times, and he's been in decent form this year. And and Ronnie has actually been saying that uh, it's it's Higgins that should be going in as favourite this year. Yeah, John's been there, seen it, done it. I suppose. Um, he, yeah, he was he was in last year's final. Um, he, he wasn't really given much, not not much hope, but he wasn't really highly tipped last year and and did very well. He's so good in all areas. Um, the only thing that might count against Higgins this year is you look at his um, his quarter. Um, he's got you know he's in the same quarter as Judd Trump, which potentially could be a um, you know a tough quarter final. And he's actually got. To play Stuart Bingham in the last sixteen, he's another player right, who, yes, yeah. um, he's, he's a former world champion. He's been there and he's done it before, and and, and he's been in quite good recent form. He had a um, he had a three month ban from the sport earlier in the season, but since he's come back, he's looked. Although he's not won a tournament, he's looked he looked in fair good and consistent yeah. form, and, and almost as he's got points to prove. So, yeah, yeah, John, you you can never you never write him off, but his path looks quite quite tricky. Quite so tough. he may. Uh, yeah, compared to compared to some others, I, I might suggest. Yeah, at, at, the, at the time of us talking, the the qualifiers are still going on. Uh, we're talking on uh, Tuesday, and uh, they finish on Wednesday. I think I'm right in saying. Are there any qualifiers right. that um, that we should be looking out for? There's, a, I was looking th- through the fixtures, and there's there's some wily old pros in there. There's like Graham Dot, um, and there's obviously some some exciting talents uh, from China as well. Are there, are there any particular players that sort of uh, catch your eye? Yeah, I mean, start as a, a sort of a shock. Obviously, um, the, the young player that everyone's talking about, who who won't be there, who who did lose in an earlier round of the qualifiers, is Yan Bing Tao. He, yeah. he might have been someone that yeah. um, uh, that all the top sixteen would want to avoid. But given that he's gone, um, I'd say Jack Lasowski's probably played um, okay. the best snooker of the qualifying. He's been in, in excellent form and had a good season. Um, you've got Ryan Day as well, who's obviously won two ranking events this season, but but wasn't in the top sixteen. So he's he, he's one to sort of avoid. Um, and then I'd say the two the two Scots as well. So you've got Stephen Maguire um, and yeah. Graham Dock because they're you know, they're both very experienced and um, are probably players that um, you know the uh, uh, the seeds would want to avoid. Um, in terms of who else, um, Lou Haishan, um is the uh, one of the young Chinese players. I think you you may have been referring. Yes, to. yeah. He's got to play with one in the cloud. Um, they probably just started actually, or they start at maybe at five o'clock. Um, yeah, he's he's got Rory McLeod in the last round, and he's obviously a, a teenage player, and got to the quarters of the UK Championship. So he's a he, he's a real prospect and, and one that, um, given the right right draw, could, could maybe make a splash in Sheffield. Excellent. And in terms of uh, your your best bet and perhaps a, a longer shot for for the tournament, where where would your money be going? I'd, I'd, I'd um, maybe not the value. Maybe the value is obviously not in in, in Selby and Sullivan. They, Selby and Sullivan are the are, are the two to beat uh, yes. without any doubt. But looking sort of beyond that, I would I would probably look at Ding because um, I think he's um, he's really adapted to the Crucible. He, he he never really produced at the Crucible in his early years of his career. But obviously the last two, although he's lost to Selby in both of them once in the semi and once in the final, he, he seems to. And sort of understand how to play the charisma. Right. That's quite strange, but he seems Maybe. to have really found his feet there. Um, and I like the I like the look of his quarter. I like the look of him. Um, 
coming through that quarter. So Ding would be my shout. I think. Did you say he was ten to one? Uh, he's he's fourteen to one actually. I think that's a, that's a very decent bet. Because and you mentioned yeah. sort of the experience of the the Crucible, and obviously it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a marathon, really, isn't it? It's seventeen days long the tournament. How important is that experience? Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, there's so many. Well, there's so few tournaments now that are a shorter format. You know, we have a few sort of best of elevens. We have a lot of best of nines, a lot of best of sevens, and yeah. and they're sort of they're a week long, and they're sort of they get yeah. So it's a match a day, and you sort of quickly quickly sort of fly through it, and it's it's, it's, it's uh, so I suppose a bit more of a sprint. And, and as you say, the the World Championship is a bit unique, and it it, it lasts 17 days. It lasts over three weekends, um, and you have long chunks of time off the table as as well as on it yes, um, so yeah. i think i think it's it, it's how well you you handle the off the time table is it? um and what they always say is that uh once you get to the semi-finals so once you get to the uh the back end of the second week you've only actually played half the frames that you need to win it so it's it's you sort of got to raise yourself it's like a new yeah. like it starts again as a new tournament once you're into the last four it goes yeah. down to one table. So, uh, and that's probably where Ronnie struggled with it a little bit um, in terms of he's he's got a great record at the Masters um, he's, he's won that seven times and uh, don't quote me I think he's made into 12 finals um, in total um, and I think he likes that format that he he's close he's close to home he he, he can sort of win it within a week and there's only four matches to win the tournament I think that sort of suits him whereas Obviously, you can't say that the World Championship doesn't suit him because he's won it, still won it five times. Yes, no, no, but absolutely. It, but it's probably a format that he least prefers. Maybe yes, that, might be, yeah. that might be the way to put it, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Um, we'll no, very, very, it, it, oh, go on, sorry again. Sorry, no, it's fine. Uh, fantastic thanks thanks very much for that Gary it's uh, much appreciated for you th- thanks for your time oh and uh, might have a few quid on Ding then and uh, if we ha- yeah. over at the sportsman.com I understand you've done uh, a four part preview for the world championship as well so it'd be worth uh, worth checking that out too All right thank you thanks very yeah. much Gary we'll speak to you again soon take care cheers cheers, enjoy the cheers. cheers. Bye. thank you and you bye bye Thanks very much to Gary for joining us and uh, previewing the World Snooker Championship. I can't wait. It's, I'm really excited. I can't it. it's wait. It's fantastic, isn't it? It's, it's a bit it's uh, niche, but it's getting a bit of a cult following, and um, you can't I, beat it. I love it. It's um, it's it's just great to follow. And Gary will uh, keep us updated if you head over to thesportsman.com. He does regular articles, and uh, you can follow him on Twitter as well. Yeah, and my favourite part. Yeah, Gary on at Gary on Q. Yeah, and my favourite part of the snooker is the nicknames. Yeah, the jester. Uh, the jester from Leicester. Mark Hughes is he, Mark, Mark Hughes. <laughs> Mark Selby, the jester from Leicester. Couldn't be any less appropriate. No, it's the less, it's the least appropriate nickname in all of sport. The jester from Leicester. Um, my favourite one is Stuart Bingham, Bull Run. Stuart the Bull Run Bingham. What I mean, what would your nickname be? Um, Mine would be the Sh- pessimist. I think Sean Chris the pessimist. Knight. <laughs> You'd have no walk on music. <laughs> But I don't know what mine would be. Some sort, of, some sort of funeral procession as I stroll yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, no, I, could, yeah I, I can't wait. The nicknames, I'll be, I'm ready for Rob Walker, the MC, to be shouting out the nicknames at the Crucible. <laughs> and then I just turn over. <laughs> Excellent. And for our final segment of the podcast, it's time for Perfect 10 Predictions. If you head over to thesportsman.com forward slash games, it's a free-to-play game. All you have to do is uh, predict the outcome of 10 matches, not even the scoreline, just home win, away win, or draw. And you could be in with a chance of winning £10,000. It's free-to-play, so why not? What could be What could be any... You know, that's, that's easy, right? It's easy. I got 4 out of 10 last week. I got I got 
Three. Three, you did, yeah. I wanted to say four, but... There was lots of goals in the games last week. It was more than, more than 30, which is worth bearing in mind. When I was doing my predictions this week, I wondered if the end of season sort of half teams on the beach, half teams desperate to stay up are conducive to more goals. Interesting. People playing with a bit of relax, you know. I might warrant research. It, I haven't made any, <laughs> and I'm not going to do any, but I am going to... Bear that in mind. And much like our perfect 10 predictions, there's a, <laughs> a grotesque lack of research. Watford against Crystal Palace is the first game in this week's uh, perfect 10. Talking of teams on the beach, Watford, yeah. they, they are done this season. They're dropping like a stone, extremely safe. Palace boosted by that monumental win against Brighton. But they've only won three away games all season. They're rubbish away. I'm going to go with a draw. Eagles and Hornets. I'm going for the... Wilf Zaha effect again. Get a room. Chris Palace have won five of their last seven against Watford, drawing one and losing one. Away win for me. Birmingham <clears> against <throat> Sheffield United. Blades are still in with a bit of a chance in the playoffs, but they're, they're in poor form. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, they've only lost one of their last eight. They're but not they've, winning, are they've they? They've drawn five of those, so they've, yeah, they've hit the buffers. Birmingham, somewhat. desperate. Two, po- two points clear of relegation. Yeah, they're, they're right, but they're, the team behind them, Barnsley, have got a game in hand. So that's yep. at the time of recording. So this is squeaky bum time for Birmingham. I, I'm going to go with a draw here. I've gone for a draw as well. Bristol City against Hull. Not much to see here. Bristol City, I suppose, could still get... <laughs> Move along. Move along, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can barely muster a, a sentence about this, but Bristol City technically can still make the playoff. They're four points as at the time of recording outside of it, but because of the amount of teams above them, you would think they've, it's unlikely. They've um, they've fallen off a cliff as, to, as far as their form's concerned. Haven't they? It's the cut run, yeah. Four wins in the league since the start of the, the calendar year. Hull, in the contrast, they're nine points clear of relegation now. Um, their season's effectively over, but I get the impression they're playing with a bit of freedom all of a sudden and able to. Well, they scored 64 goals. They scored 64 goals, which is the outside of, outside of the top four in the division. It's the highest amount of goals scored, which is absolutely remarkable. That's fantastic. So they're, they're, they're playing well. I, you know, Bristol I'm going, City, I'm, I'm going to go with a draw. I'm going for a whole win here. Oh, goals galore seems. for Hull. Derby against Middlesbrough. Big game, this. Big game. I, I put massive game in capital letters. So <laughs> that's not game that's how you know it's big. Yeah, Derby blowing it as usual. They're doing their usual spring, spring uh, folding up. Two wins in 12. Wheels have fallen off. They're, they're not time. only have they fallen off, every, they're all over the road. Every cliche you can find yeah. <laughs> about, about them falling apart. Every wheel they've got has fallen off. <laughs> and they run out of steam. And they do it every single season. Yeah. And it doesn't matter which the manager is. I, Middlesbrough, I, I wouldn't call Middlesbrough flying, but they're just moving in the right direction gradually. They've got Pulis, who tends to pick up a result. I'm going to go with Middlesbrough to win this game. I've gone for a draw just because Borough have only won one of the last seven away. Leeds, Leeds against Barnsley. Yorkshire derby. Big Le- derby. I mean, talking of teams falling off a cliff in the second half of the season, Leeds, Leeds have fallen off the biggest cliff you could find, and they're still falling. They, they're about to hit the ground. And who knows? They are, they are really poor. Really poor. Because there was talk at the start of the season of a promotion chase. Yeah. And now they're lower mid-table. Um, Barnsley desperate for the points. Big Yorkshire derby. Previous manager going back. Draw. Yeah, I've gone for a draw. Leeds have got uh, some terrible injury problems at the moment. So I think uh, a draw is a solid bet there. Sheffield Wednesday against Reading. This is a team. Reading, a poor, a poor away record. Playing Sheffield Wednesday, a team with a rubbish home record. Reading have lost their last four in a row away, so I was going to back Wednesday on the basis of that. Reading looks safe. Wednesday are are not inspiring themselves, given that they've got a very, very average home record. I'll go with a draw here. Reading probably safe, given their five points clear, but then, you know, they they need another couple of points, you'd imagine, just to be on the safe side. In League One, AFC Wimbledon against Oldham, both these sides flirting with relegation, fluttering their eyelashes. At League Two... 
and see, see if they Same. want to yeah, come out we with might, me. We might be coming to join you. Yeah, uh, Wimbledon have just come good at the right time, haven't they? Seven points in their last nine. Oldham unbeaten in five, but they've only but four of those have been draws. They love a draw, and we'll go with another draw. I've gone for a draw. They've met three times, these sides, and all three have been nil-nil draws. So this Classic. could be an absolute thriller. Get yourself down to Wimbledon. Gillingham against Blackpool. Right, Gillingham, talking of teams falling off a cliff. <laughs> we, we love a cliff. There's going to be no teams left. They're like lemmings just, just walking towards their doom at the moment, <laughs> some of these teams. Let's just get this sorted. Gillingham have only scored one goal in five games. They've win, they, winless in six. And they just, they've forgotten where the net is. Blackpool have won their last three games on the spin. It's a long trip for Blackpool, um, but they're going to win this game. Because Gillingham, if Gillingham don't know where the goal is, they're not going to score any. I'm just going to let that hang there and sink in. Yeah. Northampton against Plymouth. Northampton, the worst home team in League One. They're, they're shocking away from six fields. Plymouth at flirting six fields. at the six fields. Yeah. But you said away from six fields. Oh, at at six home. Fields. Let's just clarify. I do at get a home. point though for knowing Northampton's home ground. Yes. Yep. Without Kudos. no research, you didn't see me Google that. I just knew it off the top of my head. Nice. I'm a friend of the lower league football. I've gone for a Plymouth win. Me too. Good. Plymouth fighting for playoffs. South End against MK Dons. South End, South End, excellent at home, winning 11, drawing six, losing four. MK Dons doomed after three successive defeats. South End, Roots Hall. Dons have taken well. 16 <laughs> points from 20 away games. It's gone wrong. Woeful. It? Well, uh, it wasn't so many years ago that we were talking about the MK Dons as a Premier League team in making. It's just gone off the rails, hasn't it? As, as I don't think many people will be up too upset about. I've gone for a South End win as well. Me too. Uh, how many goals in the the ten? This is the the tie break for goals. Uh, well, yeah, I, I'm going to go with what I said earlier that I think we might see more goals yep. because of the situation. I've gone with 31. I've gone 28. Um, game you would most likely to, to go and watch? Most likely to go. I suppose you'd have to go see the Derby Derby Middlesbrough. So much on it. Just given there's so much on it. Which one would you least like oh. to watch? Gillingham Blackpool. Really? Uh, lack of goals. No, Wimbledon, Oldham, nil-nil draws galore. Yeah, but there's something on that game. Head over to thesportsman.com and you can play the game and uh, find all the latest sporting stories over there. You can also follow them at The Sportsman. You can follow Sean. Uh, at Sean Raymond, S-E-A-N. And you can follow me at C Knight Sport. Uh, thanks again to Gary, our guest. And uh, you may notice that Steve Chambers was away this week. He's uh, sunning himself in the Costa del Sol, I believe. Was yeah, it, was it Bogner? I think well, it's, it's Bogner. Sure. Yeah, he's a he's a Bogner man. Mm. He's very much a Bogner man. He wouldn't set foot on on the continent unless he <laughs> unless he was forced to. Classic. And uh, he'll be back next week, thankfully, uh, suitably tanned. And uh, in the meantime, please do rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, etc. And uh, we'll be back next week with uh, the best of the sporting action. Thanks very much. Bye bye.